This episode of the Tennis Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold, hard cash with their over-under game. Just head to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone or join the SGPN group and Sleeper automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by IP Vanish. IP Vanish is the official VPN of SGPN, and they're offering 70% off if you go to ipvanish.com slash SGP. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. And make sure to check out SGPN's new Discord server, the perfect place to interact and sweat bets with the entire SGPN crew. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. And welcome to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here with the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Scott Reichel, joined by my co-host, the man who's always by my side, Sam Jacob. And together, we're going to go through the semifinals of the ATP tournaments over in Bastad and Newport. For that, though, introduction, Sam, how's it going? How's your gambling week been for tennis? Uh, it's going well. Uh, I had a loss early with that Rusevori team match. Um, team is actually showing up now, which you, you're actually happy to see. And we're sad to see the pick lose, but we're happy to see team get back on track. Unfortunately, he did lose today in a little bit of a nail biter against Sebastian Baez. He was able to pull out one set. Uh, Baez was able to beat him in three. But we once we saw team being back on track, we did take team to beat Bautista Agu yesterday, which was pretty nice. Uh, we specifically took the spread. Um, Bautista Agu had some COVID issues during the Wimbledon. During Wimbledon, didn't really play any clay tournaments, so uh, we were able to sneak out a nice winner on that one. But unfortunately, he lost against Baez. Not that we bet it, but uh, overall, not too bad. Yeah, we didn't bet it directly, or at least I did not with Baez today. I liked Bias in that matchup, but instead, of course, I'm not going to bet him to be team when I already have Bias a 20 to 1 to win the tournament, which was one of my pre tournament picks. Is that still alive? 20 to 1. Get me home there, Bias. Let's see what happens. But as for my week, it's been honestly great up to this point. The only bad side was the long shot competition that we had. I technically <laughs> won. Both of our guys only played one match, but my guy won. His match, I ended up taking Vesely at 25-1, to I believe, and he ended up uh, withdrawing via injury after he really beat Feliciano Lopez with ease, so I'm not really sure what happened there. But he ended up uh, leaving, or he decided that he was unfit to actually play physically. Besides that, though, I've won everything. And it's not even just based on the plays that we liked before the tournament. It's also just based on the fact that every play that I've told you that I've liked also worked out. I, I like team uh, in the match against Batista Agut. I thought COVID would, would have played a bigger factor. It really didn't. Batista Agut looked really good, but team looked better at times, and he ended up pulling it out. And besides that, Newport's been good to us. Can't say that there's been many surprises there. I know you liked Isner to make it out of the quarter. He mm-hmm. did. It wasn't easy. Went three sets against Bonzi, but he got the job done. We expected Isner Cressy. That's what we're going to get. But uh, since, of course, we have a decent amount of matches to actually go through, not really. We only have like four. I'm kind of being sarcastic. But either way, uh, Sam, you think you're ready to start breaking down the matches? 
Uh, yeah, I'm ready to go. Uh, I'm surprised that yeah, I, I really should have asked you first how you did because it's you've been on an absolute fire, an absolute tear. I mean, it, I woke up in the morning and Scott would be like, yeah, this one's going three sets. This one's going three sets. I like this guy in this match. All just absolute fire picks hitting hitting nonstop. So I should have asked you how you were doing first, but, you know, it is what it is. Well, it's tough for you to ask when I'm the one who asked you the question. So Yeah, no, I should have thrown it right back, back at you. Should have thrown should. it back at me. I, I won with the team on the side against a good. Besides that, I was mostly just taking clay overs. I was looking at the over between Coria and Delbonis. That went over two and a half sets. I liked the over in the Karena Busta Ramos match. That also got there just based on head to heads. For clay, it's really kind of a paradox because I like overs in clay, but I like the sets instead of the games because you might have a couple of lopsided 6 2 sets in there while grass is the opposite. You like the over in grass because you expect the sets themselves to be longer, but maybe you might still get three, four sets. Clay, if you're going into taking overs, usually you should just take the over two and a half because it does happen, but you don't see that many seven, six, seven, five matches on clay compared to grass. That's kind of my brief analysis of that. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, you're going to you're gonna see a lot of 7.6s, seven, 7.5s seven, on grass. Clay, you never know if the, your opponent is going to hit up a 6.2 set. Even if your player wins, then you may not cover the spread if you're betting a favorite. So an over 2.5 sets makes a lot more sense when it comes to clay versus maybe the game spread or something like that on grass. Yeah, and that's kind of going to segue us into our first topic of conversation, which is going to be uh, Bastad. And we're going to start off talking about the early match between Serendulo and Karenabusta. Serendulo had the very nice three-set win over Rude earlier in the tournament. Then he easily took care of business against Karatsev yesterday. Hideous outfit by Karatsev, by the way. It was extremely distracting, but we don't have to deal with it anymore. And you have Karenabusta, who had one of the most dominating performances of his career. He absolutely smacked Schwartzman 6-1-6-0. Uh, uh, you could make an argument that uh, yeah, Batista Gut and Karenabusta put on a pretty good show for Spanish fans. Unfortunately, that one of them had to lose in that team match, but Busta's still going strong there. Uh, for this matchup, Karenabusta's a big favorite, minus 190, and you have Serendulo at plus 155. First of all, Sam, do you think this line is warranted, or do you think it's an overreaction based on how good Busta looked against Schwartzman last round? Um, it's tough to call because of the rankings. I think they're also playing the rankings in play. Obviously, we just saw Karina Busta destroy Schwartzman. I can't really, like, I'm impressed with that, but something must have went wrong with Schwartzman there. I mean, he was winning 45% of his first serve points, which means that he hit this first serve in, and he still lost 45% of those. I mean, that's just, it's just brutal. You can't win a match like that. I don't know how you get broken five times during the match uh, and get 6-1-6-0. Something must have went wrong there. I, I can't read so much into it. You know, he went three sets against Ramos Vignolas. He had a tough match off versus Barrinka. And he's playing a guy like Serendulo who could easily uh, make this match Tough for Karina Busta. Uh, like you said, just beating Karatsev, uh, 7-5-6-1. Beating the top seed, Casper Rude. That's a big plus on that on Serendulo there. Um, the line itself, at plus 163. I think that's a little bit too much. I mean, if I had to pick a side there, I'd go with Serendulo. Uh, I, I like more his the Serendulo spread. 
probably in this match. I know we just talked about how the spreads really you should should avoid them, but I think Serendulo actually has a chance to destroy him in one of the sets, and maybe Karina Busta gets uh takes it in a squeaker. Maybe this two and a half sets I also like there. Um, yeah, probably I'd probably go with two and a half sets at plus one thirty I see here, but I think the line based off this previous match is a little bit skewed. Yeah, I'm not really against taking spreads when on clay. I'm more opposed to taking overs compared to the you know, over in games as opposed to sets. I just think that you have better value, especially later on in tournaments when you get higher numbers on clay. We're going to segue to another match in a second, which has a total of about 23 and a half. I mean, at that case, you might as well just take the you might as well just take the over two in that sets. Is kind of what yeah. we're saying. But for this matchup, I really think it's tricky to evaluate because Serendulo has been a very good clay court player. He's been underrated for a while, a young Argentinian player. Krenabusta played so well against Schwartzman that I'm expecting some form of regression. And I do kind of wonder if he would have beaten Schwartzman, let's just say 6-4, 6-4. Is he still minus 190? Probably not. I think he's probably closer to 160. So if you want to make the case of buying low, or in this case, selling high on Krenabusta, I do think that there is some value on Serendulo. I'm with you, though. I think you're going to see a competitive match. I don't mind the over two and a half sets. The thing is, he looked extremely solid against Schwartzman, but he went three sets against Ramos, and they were very competitive. It was 4-6, 7-6, 7-5. then he also went 7-5, 6-4 against Waranka, and we know Waranka is not the player he used to be. So I'm not going to overreact to one great day at the office for Krenabusta. Serendulo has been solid. He's dropped one set in this tournament against the number one overall seed in the tournament, and he won the match anyway. I do think it's a good spot to maybe invest at a decent plus price there at Serendulo. I don't mind the over two and a half sets. I think it's going to go three, and I do like the over there. Uh, now, moving on to the later match, which no offense to Serendulo and Krenabusta, I'm a lot more interested in the second match. You have Baez against Rublev, and Rublev is the favorite roughly at minus 145, minus 150. Baez is plus 120. Baez was my pick, my long shot pick, so to speak, to win the tournament at 20 to 1. I just need to win two more game, uh, two more matches, and I'm home free. Unfortunately, Rublev is the best player remaining based on ranking, and he has looked very sharp in this tournament. Bit of a scare there with Corey in the first round, first match in about a month. Got the job done there in a third set breaker, and then did a good job against Dejir in his last match. Uh, Sam, what do you think about this match? you think there's value on Baez, or you just think that after a three-set marathon against team, Baez might be a little bit gassed, and Rublev will end up taking it? Uh, I mean, you got him at 20-1 to 1 early on, and it's very tough between these two guys. Uh, I wish I could go with Baez. I, I take a look at it, and I actually think Rublev will pull this one out. Uh, you know, it's almost at a coin flip. You see the Baez at plus 120, Rublev around minus 140 in this match. I think he should uh, be a bigger favorite, personally. Yeah, I mean, Rublev, he, he's got a good, a lot of good performances this season on clay. He played very well early on. He, went, he won four different matches in the French Open. Um, Baez just played a long match, like you just said, versus team. You look through the matches that Baez has played, it's with Fonini won two sets, six three six four. He played David Dovich Fukina six two six three. Massive win there, very good. Then he played Team, who's looking more and more like his former self. He's got a, a lot of ways to go, but still 
progressing, and he went three sets against him. But Rublev, I think he's just a very difficult matchup versus Baez. We know Baez has a lot of speed to his game, but I think Rublev will actually pull out this one. And I think the minus, like you just said, the minus 140 should be a little bit higher. So I actually side with Rublev on this one. I think the value is actually with Rublev because I do think after Baez played a three-set match and even just to ignore the actual length in games, the actual time of the match was two hours and 49 minutes. That's a long time on the court. And Rublev was only on the court for an hour and 35. So I do think spending over an hour less on the court is going to do Rublev some some positives. And I do think that you're going to end up seeing Baez struggle with fatigue a little bit. The main issue I have with Baez, I love him as a player, but when you're undersized, you're going to lack some offensive firepower and you're going to be unable to put away points easily. We know Rublev has a bunch of firepower, either on the forehand side or the serve, and Baez's serve is what you expect it to be for a guy who's about 5'7", five, 5'6". Five, it's not great. So I do think Rublev will get more free points on the serve, and I do think he'll get the job done. So I'm going to look at Rublev here. I think he should be closer to minus 165, minus 170. So even though I love Baez, and even though I hope he proves me wrong because it would cash a 20-1 to ticket if he wins the whole thing, I do think Rublev is not the best matchup for him, especially following a two-hour and 49-minute marathon without a day off in between. So I think we're on the same page on those two. But before we transition over to Newport, we're going to take a quick word from our sponsor. Make sure to get down on the Wins Bet $50 to win $200 promotion, where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. If you're betting baseball, you have to check out WinBet for their reduced juice in baseball games, which makes them the best place to bet MLB. And if you also bet $500 on sports or casino before July 31st, get entered to win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience at Encore Beach Club, including a two-night stay at Win Resorts for you and your entire league. Multiple entries are loud there's so much to choose from and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in a state where playthrough WinBet is available if you or someone you know has a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 SGPN is also running a free home run derby contest exclusively on the SGPN app. The winner gets a $200 gift certificate to the SGPN store. Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I personally use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now there's a new way to make money on there with their new over-under game. It's very simple. First in any sport, pick two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, the number of points in a basketball game or the hits in a baseball game. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money that you put in. The main reason why I'm excited about the over-under contest is because of the fact that it's the only app where you can join your buddies' contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now. 
to play their new over-under game. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's right, join our squad and get the 100% deposit match at sleeper.com slash SGP. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. And make sure to check out our new Discord server, the perfect place to interact and sweat bets with the SGPN crew. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. For winter break, we broke down the semifinals matches in Bastad. Now it's time to transition over to grass, and we're going to talk about Newport as it is also the semifinals over there. Starting off with the early match, kind of, at 4 p.m. in the afternoon Eastern time. You have a matchup between Cressy and Isner, which both of us had before the tournament started. Cressy is a favorite at around minus 130. Isner is an underdog at plus 110. Total in this one, shockingly, being sarcastic there, 25 and a half. The over is minus 180. Uh, first of all, Sam, any interest in the over there? I, I know that you might argue easy 7676. I can't touch this at minus 180. Can you? No, it's way too high. I, I can't. I can't. I can't get behind it. These guys are capable of breaking from time and time again. I mean, from from time, but it, it's a twenty-five and a half at minus one eighty. It's just way too much. Obviously, if you go three sets, you get the win there. But you have one break, one break by a guy who wins it in only two sets, and you're over screwed. And you're laying yeah. a minus one eighty. You're paying such a high price there. I can't even. I can't. T- I can't even come close to that one. But when I'm breaking down this match, last time they played. I mean, this kind of goes against exactly what I just said. But I mean, I can't. I can't do it at minus one eighty. It's just ridiculous. But last time they played was Australian Open earlier this year. Uh, I went five sets. The sets went seven six Cressy, seven five Cressy, seven six Isner, seven six Isner, six four Cressy. So, but the uh, undercash though, because it was two sets and it was seven six seven five. <laughs> right, exactly. That's why I couldn't even take it. The one break, one break was was one Cressy's way. If he's able to do that again, it goes under. Um, but I don't actually think it's going to go Cressy's way. I think that it's most likely going to go seven six seven six here maybe another seven six set which uh, also contradicts what i said but what i said before from going back to what i you said can, before minus 180 is too much yeah there's no value on it i think if you want yeah. to talk about comparing things and even with a break you can still go over of course if it goes three i don't know why you would want to lay minus 180 when you can just take over two and a half sets at plus 125 and i get you can argue well seven six seven six okay but you could also have a seven six six seven and you still cash. Like, there's no guarantee just because it goes to a breaker that one player is going to win both breakers. I think both players are relatively mediocre, if not slightly above average, in tiebreakers. We saw Cressy get dominated in a breaker against Johnson in the last round. We saw Isner lose a breaker to Bonzi in there. He won two out of three. But if you look at Isner's career numbers in tiebreakers, surprisingly not as good as you expect them to be. I think the value, if you want to go for a totals over two and a half, because we saw them go five in the Australian Open, so we know that these guys are relatively even. I do want to talk a bit about the actual side here. Cressy, I know, is in very good form. He made the finals in a grass tournament a couple of weeks ago, lost to Fritz in the final. Does it surprise you that a four-time champion is a plus-110 underdog? 
Yeah, it does surprise me. I think it's because of his past performance against Bonzi uh, that they went three sets there. They might be uh, putting that into the equation. Also, the fact that Cressy won again in, in the Aussie. Um, I think that is going into the equation. That's what I think is tipping the scale just slightly. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to be against that tip. I'm going to go the other way. I think this is a good way to take advantage of a little tip that shouldn't really be there. I think it should be really minus 110, minus 110 on both sides yeah. here. If it goes to a breaker, uh, Isner has way more experience with breakers than Cressy. Cressy's lost, just like you said, to Johnson in, in the tiebreaker last match. He lost in tiebreaker to Sock in Wimbledon. I just think that Isner's tiebreak capabilities are just way higher than Cressy's, and we clearly see that these, this match is going to have at least one tiebreaker at the bare, bare minimum. So I'm going to go with the Isner side on that one, and I'm with Isner to win this tournament still. Uh, you got Kubler and Bublik, which we'll talk about next, and I think Isner, like you said, four-time champion. You got him at a plus 250. Um, will probably equal around there when you take the money lines on both side on both matches. If he wins this one, we'll be able to see. But I think Isner is going to be the, be able to come through here, and he's going to be able to cash this plus one ten. In my opinion, yeah. For me, I like Cressy as a player, but we've talked about Newport and how the grass is pretty quick. But we didn't really mention the wind enough during the preview for the tournament. It's pretty windy usually on most days in that tournament. And I bring it up because Cressy's double fault thing is a serious problem. Even in the win against Johnson, he had 12 double faults. So if you're going to be in a serve battle against Isner and you're going to hand out 12 free points in a given match, even the slightest... I mean, there's just no margin of error, no margin for error in the entire match itself. And I think that that's going to really come back to bite him in the end. So I think it'll be close, but I like Isner in that spot as well, especially at plus money for the four-time champion. If you want to go for some specifics, if you want Isner first set 7-6, I don't mind it. If you want to play the exact outcome there, get a boost like price. I like that. Especially since I, both, since I think we would both agree with Isner not being the player he used to be, still pretty good. But do you expect him to come back from a set down? I don't. Nah, and you're getting you're getting big plus mo- bigger plus money on it, but going with the Isner side and seven six and Cressy on the seven six, so you get a benefit there as well. And it's about plus uh, two ten if you want to end up going for <laughs> Isner seven six. I think I, set. I think I might have to take a little bit on that. I'm not like I'm not saying it's a lock, but I, I got to throw a little bit on that. Yeah, I think it definitely makes a lot of sense when you expect one break maximum in the match. I don't ex- I don't exactly see many breaks happening. And going through the later match, uh, it's going to be a matchup between Bublik and Kubler. Bublik being here, not the biggest surprise. He had a nice win against Murray in straight sets yesterday. Bublik, of course, should have made the final last year, choked away a very winnable match against Kevin Anderson, and it seems like he's come back very motivated to get the job done this time around. He's minus 175. Kubler, very nice story, is plus 145. Had a nice win there against uh, Felix in the first round took technically two days to complete. I believe they played for 15 minutes the day after, after darkness ended the uh, first day early and they had to continue it onward. And then Kubler had a nice win against Duckworth yesterday as he ended up winning that match in straight sets. 
Sam, you know that I'm all aboard the Kubler train. We didn't really talk about it. We did personally, but not on the show. I've adopted Kubler as one of my own. I think he's a great player. And, yeah, the more I watch him, the more I like him. And now he's kind of like a son to me. He's one of my most underrated players if I had to make a list. I think he's definitely on that. I think he definitely has top 25 capabilities. We saw a nice run there at Wimbledon. We've seen a nice run this tournament. Do you think Bublik should be minus 175? And a better question, are you taking him at either minus 175 or minus one and a half games at minus 140? Uh, I can't, I'm not going to hop aboard the Bublik train so fast. I, I will mention that in that Bublik-Murray match, uh, Murray didn't really show up as well as we all thought he would. He, was, he only hit 57% of his first serves in, and he only won a total of 19% of first service return points. So it was anything Bublik was hitting into play on his first serve. Murray was just forgetting how to play tennis a little bit. And, yeah, you know, Murray, not- Murray also double faulted on break point in the second set. I know he broke back the game after, and then Bublik hit a very nice backhand down the line to get another breakup. But Murray's serve really let him down in that match. And Bublik made the shots that he needed to, you know, and the time was right. But Murray definitely did not have his A game at all. No, no. I mean that that goes on this yeah the against a little bit of Bublik. I mean he he played very well. I'm not going to knock him too much, but Murray obviously didn't play yeah. up to the standards of Andy Murray and Kubler. He's been great on grass, really phenomenal actually for somebody who nobody really knew of before this. Uh, going into Wimbledon, he won five straight matches. Of course, some of them were qualifiers, but... Sam um, knows that I, I picked him to beat Felix. That's true. I heard it. I heard it, and uh, we had to wait another day to see yeah. who was going to come out the victor. What, when did they stop that match again? What, what was it? Like, uh, going Kubor in- had break point at 5-5. Five, five. Then Felix ended up holding... And they called it at 6-5 and had to continue it the next day. Then Kubler fought off a match point at 6-5 the following day, fought it off and won in the breaker. Bro, how did they stop it at 6-5? You have 15 minutes left in the match. I mean, give me a break. Either way, at least put up some lights. You get that one? Give me a break. Put up some lights. To throw that in there. I see that. Put up some lights. (laughs) Do something. I mean, Rhode Island's been around for a while in that tournament. You really can't put up any lights for nighttime matches? That's just just absolutely brutal. And it it literally is a complete coin flip. You ruin all momentum. Even if Kubler had the momentum, I don't care. Like, that's just ridiculous that you're calling it a 6-5 on the third set. Like, that's just horrible. But anyway, I mean... The issue for this match is really that we have two really opposite players. If Bublik yep. gets started on his serve, it's going to be very hard for Kubler to really match up. And Bublik can be able to get a break or two or go to a tie break and be able to finish this off. But if Bublik doesn't, you know, if his mentality breaks because Kubler's getting to his serve or Kubler's uh, winning points that Bublik wasn't thinking that he could win. It could break him mentally. What I do like, though, is I'm actually looking at the over in this match. I think that Bublik can hold serve. He could serve well, but Kubler will stay in it as, as well. So um, I don't see why a nice over uh, wouldn't be the play here, either the over two and a half sets or the over 22 and a half games here. Yeah, for me, I actually do like the dog in this one. I like Kubler. Uh, and I don't know if he's going to win the match, but I do like him plus two and a half games at minus 125. If you end up with a classic grass 7-6, seven, 7-6, six, seven, six, you still win. Now, Kubor's not a great server, 
but he finds ways to defend his serve well. And when I say that, he's very good at rallying. And I do think with Bublik, we know the main Achilles heel of his game, the shot selection. And we know that mentally he's a little bit weak at times. He double faults a lot as well. He got into a bit of an altercation there with the line judge and the chair ump in the middle of that second set against Murray. And he was up 40-30 when that happened and got broken in that game. And I do think that Kubler's good enough at keeping the ball in play to force Bublik into some really questionable shots. Now, Bublik's extremely talented. We know his serve. I believe he hit 139 in that Murray match yesterday, and I didn't know Bublik can go that high. I thought his ceiling was around 134. But I think Kubler can do enough to hang around, and I'm not going to go against my guy. I've, I liked him to beat Felix. I thought that he had enough weapons in terms of just the forehand and the backhand and his movements underrated. I do think he can take a set off Bublik 6-3. And if that happens, I think he's in pretty good shape to cover the two and a half. And I mentioned how Bublik's not afraid to punt a couple of games if he gets in his own head. We've seen him down a break, punt another break. You might see an underhand serve appearance. You might not, but I do like two and a half games. Bublik might win the match, but I think Kubler turns it into a war. I'm going to take the games there. I'll take plus two and a half. And I do think he's alive, potentially win it but I feel better about the games. Sam, a little you? pat on the back to us for uh, knocking Auger out of the situation early, saying that we don't think he has even a slight chance to really win this tournament, and then he gets knocked down in the first round. So uh, that wasn't too bad for us. I still have my plus 550 live on Isner, uh, alive on uh, Isner to win the tournament. I still yeah. think he can, he's going to win the tournament. But we, so. both, we both do. We both like Isner, and we had a little long shot competition there which I guess I technically won. Both of them are out of it at this point. But it's tough to pick a long shot when Kubler's really the only one that was left. Uh, the other ones you're looking at were all towards the top with Isner, Cressy, and Bublik. But should be fun. We'll see what happens. And hopefully, uh, yeah, we end up calling it correctly, and hopefully Isner eventually gets the job done. But, Sam, anything else you want to add, or should we uh, move on? Uh, let's, get, let's get into the locks and the dogs. I'm ready to go. Well, before we get into the actual lock and dogs, I'm going to take another word from our sponsors. We're also brought to you by Trade Coffee. Do you like to have delicious coffee delivered straight to your home? Then Trade Coffee has you covered. Trade Coffee connects customers to the freshest and best tasting coffee they've ever made at home by partnering with the country's best craft roasters. On top of that, Trade Coffee also has a team of coffee experts that personally taste test over 450 roasts so they know exactly what to recommend for you. All you have to do is answer a couple of questions and you'll get your own personalized variety of coffees delivered fresh to you as often as you like. Trade also has a great deal going on right now. They're offering new subscribers a total of $30 off their first order, plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com SGP. That's more than 40 cups of coffee, absolutely free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com SGP and let Trade find you a coffee that you'll love. That's drinktrade.com SGP for $30 off. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode does not actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private information to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure 
on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. That means all your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing speed, on computers, tablets, phones, even Fire Stick devices while streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. Plus, IPVanish has a great deal in place. It's offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months absolutely free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com SGP. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. We broke down Bastad. We broke down Newport. Now it's time for everyone's favorite part of the show. It's going to be the lock and dog segment where we give out our favorite picks. Two usual favorites could be a dog technically for the lock. And then we have dogs who plus prices we think are undervalued and have a shot to actually cash. Sam, we'll start off with you. What is your lock for the semifinals on Saturday? Uh, My favorite play is uh, on a guy that's pretty much the biggest minus uh, the entire for all the semifinals, but not the man. I like the over in the match, the one that you could get the lowest here. I think a lot of these matches are coin flips, so if I can get a 21.5 anywhere across the board here, I'm going to be happy. And I like the over 21.5 and minus 125 in the Serendulo Carina Busta match. I think this is going to be a very tough match for each one of these guys. Carina Busta uh, could have chances where he's coming out firing, but also chances where he's just putting out unforced errors, a lot of them, and Serendulo can take over the match. We've seen Serendulo um, beat Casper Rude, and he, he can easily stay in this match. I'm able to get a t- plus um, uh, over 21.5, the lowest number around here. Uh, I'm going to take that as my lock this and weekend. It, yeah, and just to clarify, I did mention before how I prefer to take over 2.5 sets instead of uh, games on clay. That's when the number is over 23.5. When you're relying on at least one tiebreaker and a 7-5 or 7-6, then I think at that point you should take the sets instead of the games. A 21-and-a-half, a 7-6-6-3 final is extremely realistic, and I do think 21-and-a-half is low because Serendulo has played well. So I do agree with you on that. You also you also catch a, a cash at a seven five six four, um, yeah. and that's not even including the three set opportunities. I think that's very live here in this match, so that's why I like that number over twenty one and a half and minus one twenty five. Yep, cool. And what is your dog? Dog's the guy that I've been following this whole way. The guy, the man who could serve Johnny Isner. Uh, I think this is a match is more or less a coin flip. They're giving me a plus 110 here. I actually think it should be more favored with John Isner because of his experience in the tiebreak game. We've seen Cressy drop these tiebreaks to Johnson and to Sock in Wimbledon. Uh, this match is definitely going to have a tiebreak, and Johnny Isner should be favored to win a tiebreak. Um, so my lock, 
uh, in dog for this weekend, which is going to be John Isner at the money line. Not going to have to worry about any overs. Not going to have to worry about it having to go to tie breaks, just following the guy at plus 110. And if you're trying to get a little juicy with it, trying to get a big plus, 7-6 first set John Isner at plus 210. I got to like that. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say that I love it, but an opportunity to get a plus 210 on one of these guys when it's 7-6 and they're expecting it to go 7-6, uh, yeah, let me get a piece of that action. Yeah, and it could be higher than 210 if you shop around. So either way, it could you might be able to find a 250. Who knows? I mean, you see a lot of different lines out there. Sweet deal. I was going to say, especially for a volatile market like exact score first set, you're going to see a bunch of different prices. But for me... For the lock, I am going to go back to the last match we just talked about between Kubler and Bublik, and I'm going to take plus two and a half games with Kubler. I think that he's good enough to hang around. He's looked very comfortable on grass. We know that Bublik's not afraid to double fault a set away or two uh, because of the fact that he gets in his own head, and if he goes down a break early, he's really not afraid to go down a couple of breaks and just try to reset himself for future sets. But Kubler is a very solid player. I think he's definitely top 25 caliber if you've watched him over the last couple of weeks. And Bublik, we talked about a Cressy's double faulting could hurt him in this match. I think Bublik's double faulting can hurt him in this match. A plus two and a half, so I have the insurance of a 7-6, 7-6 loss. I do think Kubler could take a set, 6-3, and I'm probably good. I'm going to take two and a half games for Kubler at minus 125. And for my dog, I don't exactly like it when we agree because I do like to have a bit of parity. I got to take Isner on principle. No offense to Bastad, but I'm going to stick solely to Newport here. I'm going with Isner at plus 110 because he's a four-time champion, and I think these guys are very even. We saw a five-set match in Australia. I know Cressy won the first two matches, but Isner has looked a lot sharper later, uh, or I should say over the last couple of weeks, than he has in the beginning of the season. He was really struggling uh, when he started out in Australia, and then it seems like he started to pick it up in the grass court season. But a four-time champion against a guy who we think is good, but we think Cressy and Isner are pretty even. I got to go with the four-time champion at plus 110. So that's going to be my lock and dog. Sam, anything else you want to add uh, or the people can find you before we wrap up? Yeah, I know we both we both have Isner to win that tournament. What do you think on the Bastard? Who do you think pulls out um, to be the winner in that tournament? I think whoever wins the Baez-Rublev match is going to win the tournament. I yeah. will give Krenabusta props, though, because he's looked comfortable in the last round. He still went five against Ramos. He still went seven, five, six, four against Warenka. I'm not going to fully overreact to one dominant match. I do think that the best two players remaining on clay are Rublev and Baez. Yeah, I agree with you there as well. I think either one of them, whoever pulls out of that match, is going to win. Uh, we've mentioned that it, we think Rublev. Love's going to win the match, which I which I do. So I'm I gonna, hope I'm wrong. Of course, I got twenty to one on the other guy, but I think Rublev has too much firepower. So I'm going to be picking Rublev to win this tournament. I'm not sure about the odds. I wouldn't say to lay any any odds here or go crazy, especially with this clay court tournament where it's really a little bit of a coin flip here. Um, it's anyone's ball game, but I'm going to I'm going to go with Rublev as well. I think. Yeah, uh, this tournament. I, I think it's going to be close, but. I mean, we know going in, Rublev was the second best player on clay behind Rude, and now obviously he is the best. So we'll see what happens. But Sam, of course, I know you just made a Twitter. Let people know what the Twitter is. That's right. I got Twitter ups at Sam Jacob Tennis. Not so difficult. Easy. 
to get to easy to remember uh follow me i'll be putting out content all over the tennis world very shortly um and you'll be following me here on the podcast yeah and you can find me on twitter uh, same place as always Rachel radio r-e-i-c-h-e-l radio besides that still doing a bunch of other podcasts got wnba NBA, I know we took the week off. We'll be back at some point going through some futures and going through some, some summer league takeaways. So stay tuned for that. But besides all of that, good luck to all of you and your bets. Bye, everyone.